Welcome to the first ever edition of the MJ Sports Report podcast. And in case you didn't realize, the MJ stands for Muscatine Journal. I'm sure you're aware of that if you are listening. My name is Evan Riggs. Joined by my co-worker today, Kyle Heim. Kyle, you know, how's it going? Obviously, this is the inaugural podcast, something that we're looking to start start weekly here uh, ahead of football season. Well, just like being week one in the season, a lot of excitement brewing. This is an opportunity for everyone to start fresh. Like you said, talked to a lot of coaches these past two weeks, a lot of high expectations, and really looking forward to the fall sports season. Yeah, yeah, but it's always nice going into a season. You know, every team has has high expectations. Everybody's always always positive, and that that's always nice. As opposed to maybe halfway through the season when some expectations get get dampered and you know things of that nature. But just real quick to kind of give you guys an idea of what of what this is, because this is the first podcast we're doing, obviously. The plan here is to turn this into a weekly podcast uh, covering the, the schools in our coverage area. You know, that's that's Muscatine, obviously. That's West Liberty, Durant, Wilton, uh, Columbus Community, Louisa, Muscatine, and Wapolo. I think I got all seven of them there. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we can't put as much as we want to in, in a newspaper or even online, whether that's because of deadline or just time constraints. You know, if you think about a, a half-hour podcast, you can talk about so much more than you can in, in two or three stories, even if it's online. So that, that's kind of our plan here to give you guys more, more detailed coverage, uh, whether it's uh, recaps and previews of games. Um, if one of us covered the game, we'll probably go a little bit more in-depth on, on the recap, or if one of us is covering the game, maybe a little more in-depth in the preview. Uh, we'll highlight some of the top performers uh, from the previous week. Um, I think we're going to make some football predictions. Uh, we'll see how those go. We might keep track during the season. Um, high school football is a crapshoot, so don't make fun of us if we both have losing records on the predictions this year. I'd say there's a possibility of maybe bringing on uh, guests at, at some point or recording interviews and putting them in here. But nothing set in stone there as far as that goes. Yeah, like I said, we're just getting this started, so kind of bear with us there. And I guess uh, where we're going to start today, um, we'll kind of take a look back at a couple of the teams that have already been in action. Uh, we've got Wapolo and Columbus Volleyball, uh, Muscatine Volleyball, uh, a couple cross-country teams. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get started with uh, just a real quick... Um, not necessarily a recap. We haven't seen too much about these scores, but we do know that Wapolo and Columbus um, opened their seasons at the Waco Volleyball Tournament. Wapolo lost all three of its matches, which, you know, that, that to me is not necessarily a huge surprise. They're, they're super young, you know, brand new coach and Daniel Wolf after, you know, you got Ken Spielbauer there for, for 21, 22 years. Got new coach, a lot of new players. It's going to take some time for them. Uh, Columbus went one and two at that tournament. And uh, I think, yeah, their, their lone win was over Wapolo, lost their other two matches. And, and they're a team who I think they, they have expectations to, to finish in the top half of the conference this year, or at least compete for a spot there. And I know, Kyle, we had a, a couple of cross-country teams uh, start off the season last night. A couple teams, um, a couple individuals, because we didn't have uh, – some of them weren't able to score as teams, so if you kind of tell us a little bit about what happened last night. Yeah, so West Liberty boys and girls and the Wise Musking boys and girls were all out there last night at the Mount Vernon Lisbon Invitational. And um, 
the Wise Musk team boys were the only team that was able to score as a team, mm-hmm. had enough runners to score as a team, placed 12th overall. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight from that meet for the area schools was Jimena Fierro for mm-hmm. West Liberty, started off her junior season strong, finished 17th overall. And, and, and she scored just as an individual, right? No team? Yeah. Just she, she, she's used to that, though, because she ran all last year uh, by herself. I remember you wrote the story about her, how she uh, – she didn't have any teammates, so this is this is nothing new to her again, running by herself this year. No, pretty much. And uh, state qualifier last year, ran that first race in 22 minutes, 3.6 seconds, so good start for her. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. And then, um, we, let's see, Durant Volleyball opened the season last night uh, against Riverdale, Illinois. And, uh, again, we, we don't know the scores of those sets. We don't know how many sets they wanted. We just know that Durant started off at season 1-0 last night. And... You know, they're a team that, that I know they do have some talent coming back. And, you know, new coach, uh, again, like Wapolo, but they, they have Cameron Meyer back. They have Ruby Kapler back. They, they could be a team to watch out for in the area this year. They're you know, probably not going to compete for the conference title, but should very well be in the top half of the RVC. Maybe a team to watch out for when it comes uh, postseason play and, and volleyball because they do have a lot of, a lot of talent. And uh, finally here... We'll, we'll get to Muscatine. Uh, Muscatine Volleyball opened its season last night with um, a fairly convincing straight set win over Burlington. Um, I, I would say that it's not shocking, you know, it's not shocking to see them beat Burlington in straight sets because for as few times as they have won in straight sets the last couple of years, I think they've beat Burlington in straight sets the last three times they've played. But they did look different than last year, it, it seemed, last night when I saw them. The passing was better. Um, Coach Tim Martin really credited Haley Jarrett for her leadership and, and her passing. And I, I think they had 19 kills as a team last night, and 15 of those were, were assists by Jarrett. And she's going to be big in everything they do this year. And, and another big thing for them was playing outside of their sets. Uh, uh, Vada Fridley talked a lot about that, about how they were finally able to kind of play outside of their sets this year. I, know, I don't know if you talked to them about that last year, but that was something that they they were not able to do last season. And I I would expect them. It's hard to take too much from last night because that, that was a match that they, they were favored to win, that they should win. Uh, Muscatine picked preseason ninth uh, by the MAC coaches, uh, Burlington 10th. So that's a match that, that you've got to win if you're Muscatine to open your season. And I believe that's all we've got uh, for, for the teams that have already gotten started this year. But we have a ton of football games to get to. Obviously, Muscatine opens its season tomorrow night. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be tonight against Davenport Central. And then all of the other area teams open on Friday. Uh, Kyle, just kind of g- give me your thoughts. I know you haven't had a chance to talk to, to Coach Mueller yet, but... What do you kind of think? And you probably had a chance to maybe research Central, look at Muscatine's roster, all that a little bit. What do you kind of think it, it is going to be the keys to this game from Muscatine if they're able to to win this one? Well, Evan, I know um, the Muskies are are eager to put last year's two and seven campaign behind them and really take big big leap this year. Um, open with Davenport Central at seven fifteen p.m. Thursday at Brady Street Stadium. At Brady Street Stadium, by the way, we weren't sure if it was going to be played there until a couple days ago. They were getting the new turf there all summer, um, like all construction projects seem seemed to be. It was slow, 
And up until a couple days ago, it was, well, maybe they might have to play in Muscatine. But good that they're, they're getting to play that one in Brady Street to Stadium to open the season. Yep, and Davenport Central kind of showed how much improvement can be made in just one season. Mm-hmm. Last year, they went 6-4, and four, made the state playoffs after going 3-6 and six in 2016. Mm-hmm. So 3-1 improvement there. Um, last season, Central won this game 40-7. to seven. Kind of a lopsided affair. And that, that, that was the game that uh, ended Muscatine's chance at, at a playoff berth, too. So that, that, that was a tough loss for Muscatine, and I'm sure they'll be ready to, to avenge that one tomorrow night. And Mueller said after that game that Muscatine should have been in it until the end. Mm-hmm. A fumble, interception, and mistake on special teams set the table for three central TDs in the first half. And that led to a 20 to 7 halftime score. Mm-hmm. Um, but Muscatine gave up just 82 yards of total offense in the first half. Mm-hmm. Mueller was really pleased with the defensive effort there. And so they just, Muscatine will just need to clean up those mistakes and be more productive on offense. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a, a big thing when you look back at last year's game is uh, Hill, uh, Central's running back, rushed for over 1,000 yards last season. Um, he is gone, graduate, graduated. So most team will not have to worry about him. Um, 22 carries for 181 yards and four touchdowns in that game last year. So obviously he was pretty much the driving force in that one. Uh, you know, to me, and I've talked a little bit with with uh, Matt Koss, uh, sports editor here at the QC Times, about this. This is kind of a benchmark game for Muscatine, I think, and Matt Matt thinks as well. You know, win this game, uh, you know, five and four, maybe even six and three, uh, a real possibility in my mind. You know, lose this game, and it might be tough to to get to have a winning record. Four and five might be the most likely outcome because they've got a couple games on their schedule that they should win. A couple games on their schedule that are going to be really tough to win. You know, you look at Iowa City West; it's going to be preseason top top three or four. Uh, Johnston is a ranked team in Class Four A, and Pleasant, uh, Valley. Pleasant Valley is right outside the top ten. They, they've got a loaded schedule, like always. Muscatine does. So this is one of those games where if they want a chance to have a winning record, that they they really need to to win. And kind of here's what we know about Muscatine this year. You know, may, may, not a whole lot, truthfully, because they've got a lot of new kids. But they do have some returners. They've got Carson Orbach, a quarterback. He uh, he took over for Jackson Folk about midway through last season. You know, he's talked with me about how he – you know, entering this year, now that he knows it's his job, that, that's made a difference for him in just preparing for the season at quarterback. You've got Tim Nimley. I hope I'm saying Nimley right. It's either Nimley or Nimley. We're going to go with Nimley. Tell to otherwise. At running back, you know, just a, a lightning quick kid. Took uh, I don't say took over the job, but he became a factor about midway through his freshman year last year at the varsity level. Had something like 300 rushing yards and a touchdown. Had a big game against Iowa City High, I want to say, like 100 yards, touchdown, and a win. And then you've got some sophomores, some other sophomores, I guess, outside of Nimley. You know, last year as freshmen, these guys were 9-0, and you've got about four to six of them, Mueller estimated, that might might get some playing time this year. Starting with uh, Prince Way and Eli Gay. Uh, Way will be a defensive back and receiver. Uh, Eli Gay running back and wide receiver. Both of those kids are going to start. He, he said that from the beginning. Um, offensive lineman uh, T.D. Uh, De- Desse, I want to say, is expected to contribute this year. He also has two other sophomores on the roster, and uh, Quincy Keel and Xander Stoltzfus. So, you know, there's going to be some youth. 
with that might come some growing pains. But Central's also got a young team, and Muscatine does have some other veterans back. I mean, you've got Dalton Sell. Mueller said he's going to be a beast on the defensive line this year. Really kind of learned how to play at the end of last season. Had a good wrestling wrestling year, obviously went to the state tournament. Will Zillig at linebacker. You've got Cooper Zek and Shane Mathias. Uh, Tak Portia is another kid that, that Mueller said had a great summer. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mueller has been pretty confident in how his team has progressed um, leading up to week one. And then obviously you've got Central, you know, won six games last year, and I think three of their losses were the bet two one the Bettendorf to the North Scott, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, I mean, they pretty much beat the teams they were supposed to beat, lost the really good teams. You know, Mustine should have better offense this year. Better defense, just all around better. Should be an interesting game, I guess. You know, Kyle, I know it's always tough to make predictions, especially first game of the season when we haven't seen either of these teams play. We don't know Muscatine's full starting lineup or anything like that, but just kind of what's your feel on this game, gut call? Well, Muscatine, you know, last year's game, they gained 72 yards of total offense compared to 346 for Davenport Central. Um, This is one of four games all season Muscatine plays against a team that had a winning record last year. And so, I mean... This is that game where if you want to make the big step forward this season, I feel like you have to win this. And I know looking back at last year, probably a lot of people are thinking Central, looking at that score 40-7 to lopsided loss, Central's probably going to give Central the edge. But I really feel like Muscatine has a good chance to go into Brady Street Stadium and get the win there. I agree. I agree. I, I do think I'm, I'm going to go with Muscatine in this one. We're not going to throw out scores because it – you know, predicting games is already kind of a dart throw. We don't need to throw out scores and make ourselves look even more foolish. But I, I'm going to say this will probably be a you know a one score game, may, maybe decided by by a field goal, something like that. But yeah, th- this will be a close game. And really, like I said, I, I think this could be a benchmark game to kind of see where where Muscatine's at this year and see see how some of those sophomores look on the varsity level. And now to a uh, we'll say interesting area game to start week one rivalry rivalry yeah the, the backyard challenge if i'm not mistaken the, the wilton durant rivalry um the two teams are they're playing week one this year they they played last year but it was week two so they they got a little bit of a warm-up before seeing each other it's funny uh, Co- uh joel diedrich's the durant coach uh when we were talking about this game a couple weeks ago he, he made the comment, you know, throw out the scores, throw out the records when it comes to this game. It's like, well, you got nothing to throw out because it, it's the first game for both teams this year. It's just kind of interesting to have, have the two of them starting off playing each other. Um, it's not really – it's funny. No one knows when the last time was Durant actually beat Wilton in football. I went back and found an old journal article from 2010, and they asked both sides, and both sides didn't know. We do know for a fact it has not it, it, at least 2,000. Sometime before 2,000, but who knows how long before then. So this will be one that I'm sure Durant is hungry to win this game. Obviously, you've got Wilton. You know, Wilton's got a lot back. Kyle, I know you can kind of talk a little bit about them since you, you wrote the preview story for us. Uh, kind of talk about what they have back. You know, I know they've got to have high expectations this year. 9-2, nine and, nine and they're only two losses to Regina, state runner-ups, and Again, they've got a ton back this year. Yeah, and one of the main guys there back is um, electric quarterback Jerome Mays. 
He gained over 1,000 yards on the ground and through the air last season in addition to 32 to- total touchdowns. One of only two players in Class 1A to do that? Yep. Am I correct? Yep. And then he also has back his top two leading receivers in Corey Anderson and tight end Brock Hartley. Both had over 400 yards and both had at least four touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Wilton's got a lot back. And they, they lost a couple of linemen. They lose one of their leading tacklers and Tyler Hartman. But outside of that, they've pretty much got everybody back who contributed on last year's team. But Durant Durant has a lot back too. They return their leading their leading passer, rusher, and receiver, and quarterback Bryce LaFrenz, running back Tristan Hughes, and receiver Mason Compton. Um, also one other important note here on them, they actually get four of their five offensive line starters back, which, you know, in an area where we've got a couple teams who have offensive line questions, Durant is not one of those. That should definitely be a strength to their team. Uh, Diedrich's told me that they're going to look great coming off the bus. They've got a couple of kids that are up around 300 pounds. So they're, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I would say, you know, to me, Wilton won this game last year 20-7. to It was a pretty sloppy game. LaFrenz, 6-of-16 uh, six for 54 yards, three picks. I guess that was his worst game of the year last year. Uh, Jerome Mays, he, he did rush for 109 yards and two touchdowns, so tough to say he had too bad of a game. But he you know threw for 146 yards, two interceptions. I would guess that's probably one of his worst games of last year too. So, you know, to me, you know, week one, this is just going to be about, you know, two two teams that probably know each other well, that defended each other well last year. Could have come down to a couple of plays. I guess what what's kind of your feel on this one, not knowing a whole lot about both teams just besides – They've got some kids back. Wilton definitely has a lot of kids back. They're senior heavy, especially on defense. They have, I mean, on the defensive line, Jared Townsend, Brayden Wade, Brian Stillman, Clayton Cooling, all made contributions on defense last year. All our seniors. Linebacker Brock Hartley, another senior. In the secondary, you got Corey Anderson, Drell Mays, Chance Stevens, all three again seniors. I think Anderson led Class 1A interceptions last year with eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and Chance Stevens also had four. Three of those were for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you mentioned the seniors. I, this is actually from your store, so I'll get, give you credit for this. But their, their previous three teams had a combined 20 seniors. Uh, this year they have 16. So this is kind of the season that Wilton has been building, building towards. You know, they've had this core group of kids who have, you know, they've been slowly working their way up. I think they won seven games a couple of years ago. They got over that playoff hump, you know, win nine games. They won a playoff game at Bellevue in like 10 degree weather and uh so yeah i mean they've got a ton back this is kind of what they've been working for you would think that maybe if anybody's got a chance to make it to the dome this year it might be them from our area and uh you know it's funny just looking back at the the rivalry between these two teams like i said we don't know when the last time was durant won we just know it was before 2000 there have been a couple times where durant probably should have done it they were three and two compared to zero and five for Wilton in twenty ten, but lost twenty five to twenty. There were a couple of other years that Durant had pretty good teams and and they didn't win the game. Is this the year it finally happens? Maybe the year that Durant isn't supposed to win it because Wilton's got all these expectations and Durant maybe upends them. Or are are you sticking with Wilton in this one? I'm sticking with Wilton in this one. I talked to Coach Ryan Hustler for Wilton, and he said, you know, they're focused on not overlooking any one game this season. The end goal is obviously to take a step further, get to the semi, state semifinals in the playoffs this year. But they said they, they're well aware 
of what Durant brings. They mm-hmm. expect a really tough matchup in week one, and they're they're ready to go. They're excited. Rivalry game. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just uh, it, it sounds like from what I understand, Hetzler is fully aware that, that Durant is going to be a good team this year, probably improved from last year. Um, you know, like I said, Matt Koss, our sports editor here at the Quad State Times, he's got Durant, I think, like 12th in his preseason rankings for Class A. That's the only thing Durant's down Class A this year instead of 1A. He's got Wilton number five. So, this, you know, this is a pretty big-time game in week one. I am going to stick with Wilton. Just, you know, just if nothing else, I feel like Jerome Mays is probably enough to put him over the top. All things being equal, uh, I'd probably take him, take him to win this game. I will say this will probably be a pretty close game. You know, road game at Durant. Maybe some first game jitters, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Wilton here. And then we'll move to another rivalry game, actually, in the area. We've got two in, in week one. This one I'll actually be at. Kyle, I should have mentioned, will be at the Muscatine game tomorrow night or, again, tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. We've got Wapolo at Loiza Muscatine. This one, to me, is, is interesting. Wapolo returns a lot of talent, a, a lot of guys at skill positions, you know, a lot of guys you know, in the secondary, linebackers, running back, receiver, but they've got some major question marks. They have basically right now, I don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Todd Parsons, their coach, may have already decided on that, but as of a couple weeks ago, it was still open competition. That's because they lost Logan Belzer. You know, Bells has been their starter for the last three years. Nobody else has, like, even thrown a pass for Wapolo since 2000. Or, like, a, had a, had any passing yards for Wapolo since 2014. So he's been their guy for quite some time. And then up on the offensive line, they lose three starters. You know, Gage Witt and uh, Leif Smith, two of those, you know, two big-time contributors there. So they've definitely got some question marks. You know, Parsons joked with me that, you know, he's – Kind of, kind of been staying up late at night trying to figure out what he's going to do with this offensive line. So it should be interesting. And then on the other side, you've got LM who they've got literally everybody back. They gained, you know, of their 2,000-whatever yards they gained last year, they have every single kid back who gained a yard last year. So, and then obviously starts the Chase Cruz, who basically kept pace with Jerome Mays during the regular season last year. You know, he had almost 1,700 passing yards, 541 rushing yards. He actually had one reception for 60-60 yards, and he also had just 26 total touchdowns. The monster season for for him. They have Gabe Hayes back on both the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, Cody Cavillage will be looks like he'll be switching the running back this year. He was a receiver last year. He'll play a defensive back as well. Uh, Max McCauley, Brock Jamby, or Brock Jamby, excuse me. And Carson Kentrell, they're they're all back at wide receiver, all back at defensive back, you know. Again, so the, this is going to be interesting. The the thing with L M is they only have twenty five kids out for the team. Oh, I said twenty five. You know, Eric Gabe said it depends on which day you come out to practice how, how many kids they have out for the team, but somewhere around twenty five. So they're going to be low on numbers. Again, it's going to be interesting. These teams played last year, obviously. And uh, Wapolo won that one 28-12. Uh, Ricky Forts had 37 carries, which is crazy, for 219 yards in that game. It's funny, uh, LM's new coach, Eric Gabe, told me you know, he, he, hadn't, he hadn't had a chance to really break down Wapolo a whole lot yet, but he knew that they had a kid that ran on him a lot last year, and obviously Forts had, had a huge game. Just, I, I know, Kyle, you don't know a whole lot about either of these teams because I was the one that previewed both of them for our, for our paper. 
But just kind of what are you looking for in this one? Another another rivalry game, another game that should be a close one. I'm really excited to see what Ricky Ford's can do this year. I know he rushed for 951 yards, 10 touchdowns last season, but he's got he's running behind three new starting offensive linemen. They've got a new quarterback under center, lost their leading wide receiver, so Wapo's going to be relying heavily on Ford's this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, obviously, the wise Muscatine and probably all defenses this year will be keen in a lot more on Ford's, so be interesting to see how he kind of reacts to that. Out for L and M, they look like a very similar team as last year, with just about everyone back. Um, experience, but still a young group. Um, and depth just appears to be the greatest challenge for them this season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And it's funny, this one is kind of the same as Durant and Wilton. And I, I don't actually know when the last time was L and M won this game. They uh they actually, the teams didn't play each other from like 2012 to 2015, and Wapolo actually had a couple of pretty down years, so maybe Elnham would have won one of those had they played, but they've played the last couple of years, and they played a lot of years before that, and Wapolo won all of them, all the ones that are on quick stats, so again, it's it's been a while for Elnham, I'm sure they'd like to to kind of break that streak, beat Wapolo. I think I actually am going to pick Loiza Muscatine in this one, depth as the season wears on, I think will become an issue for them just as injuries pile up, maybe things of that nature. But, you know, week one, you should be relatively healthy. They've, they're, they're the team that has everybody back. They've got their quarterback back. So I just got a little bit more confidence in uh, Luiz and Muscatine to open the season than I do Wapolo. Yep, with all the experience back and mm-hmm. a lot of question marks for Wapolo, especially on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Luiz and Muscatine mm-hmm. to do this one. I will say Wapolo should have a good defense this year, and you know they've got a lot of skill guys that if they can give them the ball, are, are, are very good players can make plays. But you know, week one, I, I think it's asking a lot for a new quarterback to go on the road and and beat a team that does have a lot back. So we're both going with Louisa Muscatine there. I think we're uh, we're three for three on agreeing with each other. So if we're looking to to separate in the season long standings of predictions, we aren't doing a good job here. And we'll move on. Maybe we'll disagree here. Um, we've got West Liberty against West Branch. This one, to me, actually, it's fine. There's a lot of very interesting matchups in week one. This might actually be the most interesting to me. These two teams played last year. Obviously, West Liberty, 6-4, and four, made the playoffs last year. You know, very good team. West Branch, actually, you know, 9-1. They lost in the first round of the playoffs, too. They, they beat West Liberty 35-30, I think, in week one last year. I know Iski, you know, Coach uh, Iski was not happy with the way his team played in week one. Felt like they could have played a lot better. Uh, you know, kind of talk to me about West Liberty. I know they they lost basically all of their skill guys, but it sounds like they're really not too worried about that. Yeah, this is a really interesting team. They lost their top five receivers from last year. Uh, Joe Kelly, their leading running back, had 1,552 yards rushing, 15 touchdowns is gone. But Jason Eske listed off 8 to 10 skill players he felt like they're confident in to make an impact this season that they can go to. And even quarterbacks, 30-year starting quarterback Seth Feldman said that those guys run really good routes. They catch just about everything he throws to them. The biggest question mark is on the offensive line. They graduated two starters and had a third starter decide not to go out. Another offensive lineman went down with a torn ACL during the baseball season, and one other transferred out of the district. So Man, 
Iskey's obviously shorthanded there. He's yeah. had to move a couple guys they thought would play tight end over on the offensive line. So, so I'm assuming maybe a bit undersized as well as uh, lacking experience on the offensive line. Most likely. But um, the defense, though, Iskey thought would be the strength of this team. Obviously, Spencer Doffelt back mm. as defensive tackle. Is Doffelt going to play both ways, offensive and defensive yeah, line? So they'll have him. I was say he almost line. he almost has to with what they're looking at right now. Yep. Yeah, so they have some return, a lot of returners, especially in the front seven on defense. A lot of new players in the secondary. He's he sounded pretty confident in that group, but obviously the biggest worry is the offensive line. That that'll probably be their biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. When you have an offensive line with so many new kids like that, kids that you're having to to switch positions, it's definitely going to take some time, I think, for that unit to gel, even if there is talent there, which you know we really don't know. We don't know a whole lot about the about the kids that are going to be on the offensive line this year. But I'm assuming there probably is some talent there, but it will take time to gel. You know, West Branch they they returned their quarterback, uh, Bo Cornwell, had over 2,000 yards passing last year. Uh, they had two backs with over 600 yards rushing. Uh, they lo- they lose one of them, get one back in Taylor uh, Lukowski, I want to say. They they get him back. He actually had like 600 yards rushing, about the same receiving, so he's going to really be their go-to guy. But, you know, West Branch, they did lose a couple key players. Don't really know what they have coming in, obviously, but I don't know. I think, I think Matt Koss had them number seven in Class 1A. In his preseason rankings, uh, West Liberty, I, I want to say, was something like 12th. So this is another game with uh, you know, two teams, one that is probably going to be ranked in the first poll and one that could easily be ranked. It'll just depend on who wins this game, um, what their rankings are come Monday in their respective classes. I guess, Kyle, what, what, what's, what's the prediction here? What, what are we thinking for this one? With such an unexperienced offensive line, I think it's going to take time for that makeshift group to kind of start to come together. I know West Liberty's used to pulling off big upsets, beat number one Williamsburg on the road <laughs> a year ago, but I feel like week one, a lot of new pieces on this team. I feel like it's going to take some time, so I got West Branch. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I agree with you. Um, we're, we're four for four there. I do think West Liberty's going to have a very good season this year. I do think that they're probably – the second most likely team in the area, maybe them or Durant. Those two teams would be tied for the second most likely to go to the playoffs behind Wilton of any of the teams in our area. But, you know, week one against a team that I do expect will be in the top ten in Class 1A, that, that's a tough ask for, for a pretty new a pretty new offensive line even and pretty new skill players, even if they are talented. They don't have the varsity experience. It'll take that group some time to gel around Feldman. I'm going to say West Branch will, will win this one. Probably similar similar score to last year, I would say. And then uh, so we've got one last game here. We've got Col- Columbus Community uh, travels to Highland. And the thing about Columbus is they have a ton of young kids this year. They didn't lose that many players from last year. But in a sense, they kind of did because they lost Abel Mena. And Abel was basically like three players for them last year. He did absolutely everything. He had... You know, most of their touchdowns last year. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but you know, they were three and six last year. 
They're going to be very, very young this year. I think you, I think you said in your story, twelve freshmen 12 on their freshmen roster. How, to two seniors. Yeah, just two seniors. How many of those freshmen are going to see big, big playing time? Any idea? Did, did Simmons give you any idea there? Well, it sounds like a lot of them will see playing time, just like they had a lot of freshmen last year who mm-hmm. saw playing time, and and that really helped. You're going to see those gains from last year's freshmen becoming sophomores this year. Simmons feels like you're going to see a lot of those gains this year. It's going to be the same type of story again this year with a lot more freshmen getting valuable playing time. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, they only returned one of their touchdowns from last year. And uh, they, they did beat Highland 28-14 when they played last year, so this would probably be a winnable game, I would imagine, for Columbus. Highland wasn't exactly a great team last season. But Columbus has so many young pieces. You know, it's tough to know what to expect. Did, did we decide that Chance Colby was going to be their quarterback this year? Is that is that what That's what head coach Scott Simmons said when I went down to practice a week Got, ago. Gotcha. So they're gonna, it's going to be kind of like last year then. Is, is he more of an athlete just playing quarterback? Yeah, he'll run a lot similar to Abel Mena. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Mena was a first-year quarterback, starting right, quarterback right. a year ago. Rushed for over 1,000 yards. Chance Colby was a running back last year on offense. He's a, His brother, actually, Carter, started for them. Three years ago. Right, right. Or two years ago. And he rushed for 550 yards. So a lot of scrambling guys that Simmons likes to bring mm-hmm. into the fold. Yeah, they pretty much, uh, the t- when I saw them play last year, it was pretty much like triple option at every play. And I would probably expect more of the same this year when you're, you know, you continuously are in a situation where you have to just put your best athlete at quarterback like they are. But, you know, it's worked It's worked for them the last couple of years. What do you, what's your prediction for this one? Obviously kind of a tough one to call because we, I don't really know what to expect from all these young kids for Columbus. They they do have some back, but in the Highlands we don't really know a ton about, but we just know that they they didn't have a great season last year, probably going to be more of the same this year. Well, Scott Simmons is really excited about this freshman class. He said it has a lot of talent. He was out there at practice. He was at wide receiver running routes, just kind of playing around with them. Wait, Simmons was, ru- was, was running routes? He was running routes at receiver. So. <laughs> so this group's having a lot of fun out there. He's really excited about the future of this team, feels confident that in the eighth grade class coming up next year. So if you so. if you had the guess, what what was his forty time then? Like like a five five? It wasn't fast. Yeah, there was some offensive pass interference going on. Also oh, pushing off. Some holding on the bowling his defensive backs. But was he just running fly routes, or was he actually running like real routes out there? He did a couple slants and okay, so, so he's picked be- a couple defenders. Okay, well they definitely hey. nothing legal, <laughs> but but. This is a fun group, and I think they'll get the win in week one. Oh, I'm so torn on this one. You know what? Just to disagree with you, for, for one, on this podcast, I'm going to go with Highland. Really, this is just this is based on nothing that we know. This is just you know me being a little skeptical of a team with so many freshmen, and I guess I'm going with the unknown here because I don't know a ton about Highland. And again... Maybe this will give me a one-up in the standings with you, or maybe I'll just be done and fall one game behind. But, but we'll see. Kyle's got Columbus in this one. I've I've got Highland. Don't feel great e- either way. There should should be an exciting week one. And uh, Kyle, a- anything else on this matchup, or or do you think we about covered it? I think that's all. I think it's just a lot of unknowns with this one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that'll that'll do it for today for our first show. You can subscribe on iTunes if you just search uh, MJ Sports Report on iTunes. You know, we're everywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Google Play, you know, where Stitcher, not SoundCloud. That's about the only place we're not. But 
we're, we're everywhere. Just, just go search us, uh, subscribe. You know, our podcast will pop up in your feed whenever we, whenever we do them. We plan on this being a weekly show, like I said. And so, yeah, if just the easiest way is to just subscribe because we don't have like a scheduled day that we're doing this necessarily. It's just kind of whenever we can find the time to get together in the newsroom here. You can follow me on Twitter at Evan R. Riggs. Uh, Kyle is at Heim Kyle. That's H-E-I-M and then just Kyle. Hopefully you all know how to spell Kyle. Um, we'll post the iTunes link on the journal's website um, at mustbeinjournal.com. And uh, again, if you're not following uh, the sports uh, Twitter account, you definitely should. Uh, the journals, it's at mjournal underscore sports. Uh, we'll be back next week to take a look at Friday's games, you know, kind of break down what happened there. I know we'll have, you know, Kyle will be at Muscatine Thursday, or Muscatine's game on Thursday. I'll be at L&M Wapolo on Friday. We'll have Travis Brown out at Wilton Durant Friday, as, as well as Kyle taking some photos. So we we'll should. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the photos go for both of us this year. We we, we we miss you, Beth Van Zandt. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so we should have some uh, some details to bring back to you guys next week from from those three games, and then we'll hear from coaches probably from the other couple. So yeah, we'll break those down. We'll talk about you know just the week that was in sports. I guess o- over the weekend we'll have some teams competing, and then we'll look ahead the next Friday again, like we did this week and preview some games. Thanks for listening, and see you guys next week.